Foodie lovers, it's time. Hello, food lovers, it's Dave. Are you ready for some foodie fun? Yes, today and every weekday, cooking something good and your host, Dave Duso, brings you foodie fun adventures and fantastic food talk. Get ready for great recipes, food experts, daily prizes, lots of laughs, and of course, great deals on restaurant certificates and other food-related items at cookingsomethinggood.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, oh no, it's Dave Dussault. Cooking something good, bump, 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 doing it with gas, electric, or wood. Hey there, foodies, it's time for cooking something good, bump, bump. Actually, it's time for Dave to stop ad-libbing this ridiculous song and talk about what we all love, food. Yes, indeed, using my big boy announcer voice in three, two, one, action, the CSG Broadcast Network would like to welcome you, all you foodies, to the Conway Scenic Railroad Broadcast Studio for another episode of Cooking Something Good, where fun is food and food is fun, and it's always foodie fun time here at Cooking Something Good. All right, I'll stop that now. Hey, it's showtime, and today we're talking to Chad Conley, co-owner of a cool little place. He's also the chef, cook, and chief bottle washer. It's called... The Palace Diner is located in Biddeford, and it is Maine's oldest diner. It's small, that's what she said, but it's full of lots of great big food ideas and rich, full flavors. It must be good. The food media throughout the country cannot and will not stop talking and writing about this place, the Palace Diner in Biddeford, Maine. So we will have that interview with Chad Conley, and that should be interesting. Plus, there's the, you know, the normal chances for you to win. We've got the Dear Dave, the Foodie Know-It-All, a couple of great gift ideas with today's Sharila deal of, deals of the day. But first, a quick thanks to the folks who make all of this possible, our great sponsors who we appreciate very much. The Conway Scenic Railroad, an old-fashioned railroad experience. E.L. Harvey Waste Removal and Recycling, quietly improving the quality of life with environmentally sound and economically sensible waste disposal and recycling since 1911. Manny's Olive Oil, from Greece, with love. Spill Solved. Every restaurant should have a container of Spill Solved on site. Spill Solved, the new standard in spill recovery. And of course, cookingsomethinggood.com, the gift of good food is always in good taste. Why not give a great gift and save a little money while you're at it? You can find it all at cookingsomethinggood.com. Okay, let's roll. It is time for us to tick off some of our daily boxes. So let's get right into it with today's two great Sharila deals of the day. The first is a $50 gift card to the earlier mentioned Palace Diner in Biddeford, Maine. We have a limited supply. We only have five of these today. And we should have five more for tomorrow. It's one per customer. They do not go on sale until 7 a.m. 
They go on sale at 7 a.m. this morning. You can find it at cookingsomethinggood.com. So be there right at 7 if you want a chance of getting one of the Palace Diners $50 gift cards for just $15. If you're there at 7 and 35 seconds, they'll be gone. It's just experience. We know this. And for our podcast listeners around the world, it's a $20 gift card to the restaurant of your choice for just $9. A couple of great offers. It's hard to believe, but you go into any store and you'll know that the holidays are here already. I've said it before, but it seems to start earlier every year. You know what? What do you think would be the perfect food-related item someone could give you as a gift this year? Give us a call, 732-336-1040. Let us know. I'm interested. I want to know what foodies have on their wish list this year. 732-336-1040. Or you can email us and let us know, davidcookingsomethinggood.com. Really, I'm interested to hear what all you foodie maniacs are thinking of as far as gifts this year. Maybe I'm just nosy. Really, maybe I'm not interested. Maybe I'm both. Maybe I'm interestingly nosy. Oh, well, hey, let's keep this thing going. It's time for the Dear Dave, the Dear Dave question of the day. If you're new to this show, this is how it works. If you send in a question to Dave at cookingsomethinggood.com, a food-related question, and I read your question and answer it on the air, you will win a $25 gift certificate to the restaurant of your choice anywhere in the world as long as they sell gift certificates online easy as that. Today's question comes from Melissa M., like Melissa, in Fort Myers, Florida. And she writes, Dear Dave, I want to see if you know the answer to a diner question without you looking it up online. I heard yesterday you say you were going to interview the owner of the Palace Diner in Biddeford, Maine today. and That is a place I know well. My question is, who invented the diner? Dave, if you get it right, I'll take you out to dinner at any restaurant you want anywhere in the world. It comes from Melissa M. in Fort Myers, Florida. Huh, a date if I get it right. Well, sadly, uh, well, probably not sadly. Once you met me, you would probably wouldn't be as disappointed. But I can't have dinner with you or breakfast or lunch or coffee because I am a happily married man to a wonderful woman. But you can take someone else out to Jason's Deli because you have won a $25 gift card to Jason's Deli. That is the restaurant you chose. And we are going to read, we did read your question on the air, and I am going to answer your question because I can give you the answer. And I am, Scout's Honor, not lying about this. I did not have to look it up. And the reason I did not have to look it up is because we did a whole week back in the early summer or late spring all about diners. And I remember the gentleman's name was Walter Scott. In the 1800s, used to sell food out of a wagon that he had a horse. And he pulled a wagon and had had a walk-up service and little windows on each side of the wagon and he would sell to the newspaper in Providence. I can't remember the name of the newspaper, but I do know the answer. And that is today's Dear Dave question of the day. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to pay some bills. And when we come back, we're going to have Chad Conley from Maine's oldest diner, the Palace Diner in Biddeford. Keep your forks up. We will be right back here at Cooking Something Good after this. 
Hey, everyone. If there's one thing I know quite a bit about, it's solid waste disposal and recycling. I ran a trash company for 25 years, and my family owned a trash company three generations. My grandparents started it for about 75 years. If you are, say, doing your kitchen over, cleaning something out, or you own a small business, a medium-sized business, a large business, a huge corporation, or you just need trash picked up at your house, I'm going to tell you, the company you want to call is E.L. Harvey. You can find them at elharvey.com. This is a pretty big company, but it's still family-owned, and it's still family-run. They've been in the business, the Harvey family, since 1911. Yeah, they're going on 110 years. They're great corporate citizens. The family is made up of some of the nicest people I've ever dealt with, and I mean that sincerely. If you need something that's related to solid waste or recycling, the company to call is E.L. Harvey. You can reach them at elharvey.com. E.L. Harvey, quietly improving the quality of life with environmentally sound and economically sensible solid waste and recycling since 1911. Hey, foodies, do you have kids? Maybe you're a railroad buff. If you're looking for some great family-friendly fun or you're just a trained nerd like me, then the Conway Scenic Railroad is a must because they not only combine family fun with the feeling of old-time rail travel, but they have great full kitchen cars and offer different meal options depending on what excursion you choose. A train ride with the kids, food and drinks, the beautiful New Hampshire countryside, it's a great day in beautiful North Conway. And after your trip on the Conway Scenic Railroad, there's still so much to do. North Conway is a restaurant town, it's an outdoor activities town, and for people who love to shop, there's great little artsy boutiques as well as the Settlers Green Outlets. So if you like to shop, this is a great town. For more information about the Conway Scenic Railroad, go to cookingsomethinggood.com and click on the little train icon that says Conway Scenic Railroad. The Conway Scenic Railroad, it's an old-fashioned railroading experience. Hey, we're back and we have Chad Conley on the phone with us, co-owner of the oldest diner in Maine. It's called the Palace Diner and it's in Biddeford. Chad, hello and welcome to Cooking Something Good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, we're going to start off. I'm going to give you a test to see how uh, how good you can answer or how well you can answer this one question. And I've got El the Mini Golden Doodle here. He is the judge or she is the judge. She will be the one who makes the decision as to whether or not you pass this test. Are you ready? I'm as ready as I will ever be. Okay. What do you get when you mix classy food, an old-fashioned dive, something like a diner, and rap music? Chad, your answer, please. Fried Chicken Fridays. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? At the Palace Diner. <laughs> At the Palace Diner. <laughs> hey, let's start with your story, the long and winding road that brought you to an iconic diner in what was and is definitely not anymore a dying factory town, Biddeford, Maine. Yeah, we, I um, started my career cooking in Portland and eventually cooked in three Michelin star kitchens in, in New York and... Um, was getting a feel for cooking and, and sort of got my career started that way. Kind of wanted to take a break. The kitchen work was physically demanding and exhausting, and, but I still wanted to work in food, so I ended up farming up the coast in Maine on the Blue Hill Peninsula. And uh, it was there I met my future business partner, Greg Mitchell. And while we were working together, got to know each other, we hatched a plan to open a restaurant together. And 
when we finally got around to it, we were, we were looking in Portland. We were actually interested in opening a bar, like a divish, divey bar. We couldn't really find a, the right space. We didn't really have much money. So Portland was maybe a little, we were in, in over our heads a little bit. And um, we said, you know, let's take a look at some communities around the edges of Portland and see if the real estate picture is any different. We went, drove down to Biddeford and no joke, within a couple of hours, we made more progress in Biddeford toward reaching our goal than we had made in months in Portland. And um, it was just one serendipitous meeting and conversation after another this one morning. And uh, we saw that the Palace Diner was for lease and we weren't even interested in opening a diner. But we just we looked in and we said, "Whoa, this is really this is really a cool spot." Like I, we, you know, the wheels started turning. We said, "Well, maybe we can make some work here." And this is sort of a crazy story that is just kind of kind of funny. But we, without knowing anything about the Palace Diner, we had already established our you know corporate our LLC and we had named it Palace LLC. And, and that's, we went, that, that was just a coincidence. Just a coincidence. Yeah. Wow. When we saw the Palace Diner, we were like, whoa, <laughs> like, what's going on here? That's karma. We like, kind of, we have to do this. <laughs> you had no choice. Well, interesting. On the diner itself, too, it says ladies invited. What does that mean? Well, so the, the diner, it opened in 1927. And Biddeford, obviously, was a very different place back then. In a lot of ways, a very classic New England mill town. And the diner was, was built to serve these rotating shifts in the mill, which, you know, at the time were running 24 hours a day and Palace was open 24 hours a day. And so in a lot of ways, I mean, the food, the way people ate and thought about food is very different from the way people eat and think about food now. But a lot of ways it was kind of like, a, you know, a, a food truck for blue collar workers in, in the mills at the time. And when we came upon it, it had, you know, Biddeford had changed a lot. It was going through a transition period of you know, it's like it's, it, its economy had departed from that, that mill economy because that wasn't a thing in the United States anymore. And there were signs that things were sort of starting to look up again. And uh, we felt like we could be good stewards for, for Palace, take it over from the previous owners who had done a really great job running it. But it seemed like it was time to breathe some new life into it. So anyways, uh, the ladies invited was something that was added uh, back in the 50s when the when the owners at the time were trying to communicate that hey this isn't just a place for the men working in the mills we need to diversify our client base here and make it clear that this is also a family establishment we want uh, families to come by on Sundays after church and, and, and we want women to feel comfortable here and we want children to feel comfortable here. And that was their very straightforward, honest way of, of communicating that. That's really interesting. Hey, I want to talk about your menu in depth a little bit, but before we do, one of your sides is caramelized grapefruit. My listeners, most of them love to cook. How do you go about caramelizing grapefruit? Can you kind of walk them through that process without giving sure. any secrets yeah, away? Great. No, no, no secrets. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. We cut the grapefruit into wedges and then sprinkle a nice even, even layer of sugar in the raw over one of the faces of, of each wedge. And then we use a butane torch to melt that, that sugar. The, the stuff, you know, if, if your listeners are, are trying to do this at home, a couple things to pay attention to that, you know, give yourself a little a few extra wedges to play around with is the volume of sugar uh, is you've got to get that right in order to 
make it so if it's too thick, you'll caramelize the outside and there'll still be raw sugar on the inside. If it's too thin, it'll just sort of melt away and won't give you a nice crust. And then this, the, the level of heat and, and the distance from the head of the torch to the, to the uh, sugar and the amount of time you're caramelizing it will affect the flavor and the, uh, the crust that you put on there. Could you do this in a, in a nonstick pan if you didn't have a torch? No, it needs that direct flame. You might be able to do it under like a gas broiler, but really you kind of need that, that flame. Uh, you need that torch in order to achieve it. What, what we do, I mean, you could do your own thing and maybe it'd be great, but, um, but to do it the way we do it, you need a torch. That sounds incredible. I mean, it sounds so good. Let's get into your menu a little bit. Your kitchen is small, your menu is small, but your reputation for, I guess, flavor is really big. You've got amazing press in the six or seven years you've been there. Talk about what your thought process was with the menu, because like I said, it's a small menu, but it's a place I'm looking at it right now that I would, I would go every day. If, if I was uh, you know, back on the garbage trucks, this is a place, or, or, any, or just coming through town, I, this is a place I would stop every single day. You know, we weren't looking originally to open a diner, like I said. So when we sort of started from scratch when we decided to take, take over Palace. And, and we said, okay, as you said, the kitchen's really small, so we've got some physical limitations here. We can't do everything, nor do we want to do everything. We don't want to be a place that has, you know, a build-your-own-omelet section with 40 ingredients. We, we want to make great food and stand behind every single dish. So let's start from a place of listing every menu item that is on every single American diner's menu. And, and let's then eliminate everything else. So it's, we're just talking about the essentials here. And then let's add one or two things to uh, the menu that we're excited about to give ourselves a little bit of character outside of that. And then let's take those simple things like pancakes and French toast and let's look at every single element of it and ask ourselves, how do we do this right? How do we make this so that people come in here and they leave saying, whoa, that I think was the best French toast I've ever had in my life. And then how do we make it so when they come back, when they're coming through Maine again next year and the year after, they order it and it's the same. And so that they can, they can share those memories with their friends and family. And they can trust that we'll be there and we'll be serving them the same food day in and day out. And then it'll be that awesome every time. And so in some ways it's really simple. You just say, this is what we want to accomplish. Let's set out and do it. But, you know, the, the smaller you make that creative umbrella some ways, the harder it gets because you really need to nail everything uh, mm-hmm. in order for people to like what you do. Hey, I'm going to uh, keep going. Usually this is the end. Do you mind if I keep going? Because I find this personally interesting and I do want to talk about some more things with you. You got a, a couple more minutes? Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, tuna melt. I am a tuna melt fanatic. I would crawl on my hands and knees through the snow in Maine to get a good tuna melt. Everywhere I've read, your tuna melt is amazing. You were talking about keeping it small, precision, little things. And I see that you, you slice your iceberg lettuce crosswise. You cut it crosswise, and it's like three-inch <laughs> quarter, right? So it's almost like a little steak, but in a tuna melt, it, does it give it that little crunch and that extra – you need that blocker sometimes because a lot of times people will throw one piece of lettuce, iceberg lettuce, on a tuna melt, and what you get is this – it's not wilted lettuce. It's just as bad. But that sounds yeah. really – talk about that a little bit and, and because it sounds like the same kind of a thing, right? It's just this little thing that makes a big difference. 
Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right to, to talk about the lettuce on there. It's, it's the same lettuce, it's iceberg, that it's the same lettuce that every diner uses. It's not like we've got some special magical iceberg. Yeah. But just simply rotating the head of lettuce and choosing to cut it in a different direction is that thing that takes everyone by surprise because nobody's ever been to a restaurant where the chef has made that decision and it changes the whole sandwich. And it's, you know, like I said, it's nothing we're hiding behind. It's nothing fancy, but it is, there's a boldness to that uh, and, and, and an appreciation for the, a different way of thinking about the ingredients that we really had a lot of fun with when we were making the menu. We said, why the hell does everyone peel off leaves of this stuff when you can cut it like this and make it look awesome and like give it this huge crunch. I love the thought of that crunch in there. And I tell you, for me personally, a tuna melt, a good, a tuna melt's like a, like a blind date, right? It can be bland and boring or it can be not bad, but not great. Or you can wake up the next morning in a strange bed with a big smile on your face. I mean, that's what a tuna, that's what a tuna melt is, right? And, and believe me, I'm, I'm sure I've been on some blind days where the woman's looking at me going, that tuna melt sucks. Well, I think that customers would agree and the press has agreed over the years. And, and yeah, I, I think you're right to talk about that as a good example of like, you know, a, a small decision that we've made that's a little different from, from the rest of the pack that's helped to, you know, set us set us apart a little bit. I tell you, when I get up there, you know what I'm ordering. There's no doubt about it. You said you'd crawl through the snows of Maine in order to order one. So I, I will. And I spent a year in North Bridgeton, Maine, so I know what it's like. Believe me. Chad Conley from the Palace Diner in Biddeford, Maine. Before I let you go, when I do get up there, I'm going to have to put you to the challenge because I love the fact that, especially over the last 10 years, five is five to 10 years, that poutine is becoming a little more regular on menus down here in New England. But so often, and call me a Quebec City snob, uh, it's in my blood. So often the poutine is not very good. So when I get up there, I'm going to get the, I already know, I'm getting the tuna salad. I'm getting the caramelized grapefruit, and I'm getting the poutine. So I will put you to the challenge. Anything special about your poutine I should know about? Well, I want to let it speak for itself, and I want to hear all about how you feel about it. That's a new one, relatively new one for us, and one that we're pretty excited about. And I challenge you to try to eat all of it if you can, and I'll be really impressed if you can handle all three dishes in, <laughs> in one sitting. Especially with the poutine, do you have trained people in uh, emergency medical response people on site? <laughs> because in Quebec, we call it the, the heart attack on a plate. We haven't had to deal with that situation yet, but we'll see. Well, if, if that's how you die in, in Quebec, it's, it's a badge of honor. If you die while yeah. eating poutine at the age of 70 uh, you know, and uh, 98, that is the, the, the greatest tribute you can pay to your city. We would honor you if that's how you choose to go out at, uh, at well, Palace Diner. Hopefully I won't so I can come back again and again. Chad Conley from the <laughs> Palace Diner in Biddeford, Maine. Thanks so much for joining us. We can't wait to get up there. Let people know your webpage. Yeah, it's uh, com. All right. If you get a chance and you're in the Biddeford area, you definitely should stop by. Hey, we're going to take one more break. Chad, thanks for being with us. Hey, that was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Hey out there, if you're a restaurant owner or a restaurant manager, I want to tell you about a game-changing spill recovery solution. It's called Spill Solved. Now, you're always going to want to have it nearby for when those nasty spills happen and for when you're cleaning up your greasy floors at the end of a shift. 
There's no more chemicals and mops to clean your greasy floors at the end of the day. Spill Salt goes on dry. It works instantly on grease and all kinds of spills, leaves no oily residue, and it leaves the affected area safe for foot traffic immediately. It's great for restaurants and it's reusable. It's really a great product. You can buy Spill Salt at cookingsomethinggood.com or for more information and an on-site demonstration, call Spill Salt at 413-537-8979. Spill Salt, the new standard in spill recovery. Hey foodies, welcome back to Cooking Something Good. You know, when it comes to your kitchen, some things you determine to be necessities and everyone has their own unique preferences. And for me, it's very good extra virgin olive oil. In my kitchen, there's always only one, and that's Manny's Olive Oil. It comes from the Greek island of Crete. Manny's Olive Oil is harvested by hand, which is very rare in this day and age. It's not harvested by a huge automated machine, and that means there's no chemicals. And it means only the best olives make it into each bottle. I can tell the difference. It's the only olive oil I keep in my kitchen. Manny's olive oil comes from his family's own native olive trees on Greece's largest island, Crete. This affordable gourmet olive oil has a unique and bold flavor that can't be found anywhere else. Manny uses only the highest quality of olives, which means they produce only the highest quality of olive oil. You can find Manny's olive oil as well as restaurant gift certificates and other great food-related items at cookingsomethinggood.com. Cookingsomethinggood.com. Manny's olive oil from Greece with love. And we are back, and it's time for the Foodie Know-It-All. The Foodie Know-It-All is a chance for you to win a gift certificate. Today's gift certificate is for $20 to UU's Japanese Bistro in Nashua, New Hampshire. Today's question is, what is the key difference between braising and stewing? The key difference between braising and stewing, because I got into a disagreement with someone a couple days ago. They told me it was the same thing. I knew that it wasn't. So I looked it up just to prove I was right, which means I'm kind of a shallow person. Not only that, but then I called them on the phone and I emailed them and texted them a copy of the article that I read. So... Yeah, that was kind of shallow. It wasn't necessary. Did I have to prove that I was right? What, what, what was my purpose? Just to prove I was right. Wow, that was kind of shallow. And now I'm actually talking about it on the air and making it my foodie know-it-all question of the day just to, just to stick it to him a little more. Yeah, that's probably not me being at my best. But I don't care because they were insistent we could have looked it up right there. I don't know why we didn't. Anyway, today's foodie know-it-all question of the day. You can win a $20 gift certificate to Yuya's Japanese Bistro. If you can tell us the key difference between braising and stewing, just send your answer in to davidcookingsomethinggood.com. You can email it there or you can call 732-336-1040. Be the first you win. That's what cooking something good is all about. Food and fun and proving you're right. Well, no, it's just about foodie fun. 
As it starts to get cold, it's always nice to make soups and stews and braising meat. It's uh, I love that time of year, especially football season. I love a Sunday making a, a big pot of something and just kind of one of those things I love to do. And that's it. This show is over. Thanks for joining us today. Another foodie fun road has been traveled. Special thanks to Chad Conley, co-owner, chef, cook, and chief bottle washer at the Palace Diner in Biddeford, Maine, the oldest diner in all of Maine, with some really neat menu items. If you get a chance and you're in that area, you probably want to stop by. Cooking Something Good is a production of the CSG Broadcast Network, and all rights are reserved. You can also listen to our podcast anytime. Just Google Cooking Something Good Podcast or Cooking Something Good Podcast Apple and click where you see the CSG episode, Cooking Something Good. We want to take this opportunity to say thank you to all our listeners who listen in every day and to those of you who have been downloading our podcast. The numbers are continuing to grow every single day all over the world. And we are really, truly humbled by your support. Thank you so very much. Remember, if you have an idea for a podcast and you'd like it to be on the CSG Broadcast Network, let us know by emailing jack at cookingsomethinggood.com. Now, your show must be between 5 and 45 minutes long. We are accepting auditions for new shows until after the end of this year. And as always, please remember, fun is food, and food is fun, and it's always foodie fun time here at Cooking Something Good. Hey, don't wait for it to happen. Go out and make today a great food day. 